Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Pei Hey in Maseches Erevin. We're going to start on Pei Dalim Beis, the very, very last line. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. So I'll read the first line, and then we'll recap the weekend, because today is Monday, and it was a very exciting weekend in terms of the Daf here. And we can't... Um, you know, sometimes you can put the weekend behind you, but not today. We'll be referencing it all day. So here we go. Amar Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. So we arrive at Peheim at Aleph and we say, Bor Shebein Shtei Chatzeros. You have two Chatzeros. There's a pit between them. Mufleges Mikosel Zerba. Mikosel Zerba. Mufleges is an interesting Lashon. Rashi says, Birnbaum pointed out, something like Mufleges never means vertical. It always means horizontal. Leave it to Birnbaum to get interested in that. But be that as it may, it's separated this cistern, this water pit. We remember Chazal were, they're very maker with water. They wanted to enable us to access water. So in this case, are they going to let an individual who has a chatzar access his water? Now the chatzar is closed off with a wall and the water is outside the wall. And it's four arba four tfachim away from each wall, so it's not part of the wall, it's not part of the chatzar, because as we know, if it were in, within three tfachim, it would fall into what's called the Andrew Singer uh, Lovud principle of three tfachim or, or, or less. So what happens here, ze moti ziz kol shehu umimaleh, moti ziz kol umimaleh. Okay, what goes on, what's a ziz? It's a slat. It's a slat of any size. We'll see that that is um, a, that's brought down as a heker. In other words, in order to fill your pail with water, you have to put out some sort of slat, some sort of plank f- extending from your, the wall of your chatzar to the pit. And that allows you to fill the pail with water. Well, what does is, what is, a plank have to do with the water? How does this have to do with Ervin? What's going on? So the, the uh, Mepharshim explain. You really have to sort of like sort it out from what we learned over the weekend. So we, what we learned over the weekend was that really you are allowed to take the water. Chazal let you, because like we said, we're making with water. Chazal allowed you to take this water. But the reason why we're bringing out this plank is to be as a heker, to show you that typically, right, we, need, we would need an Erev for such a thing. But in this case, we don't need an Erev, okay? And so for that reason... Um, the first shita is that you have to put a plank on in order to remind you that typically you would need an Erev. Rav Yehuda didei Amar, okay, but that was Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Shmuel, but Rav Yehuda himself disagreed with this shita of Shmuel, not really disagreed, but modified it somewhat, and he said, Afilu Kanya. It's not necessary to put out a full plank, you could even have like a more flimsy reed, and that would suffice. Okay, now, what is going on here? So, a little background. First of all, both of these chatzeros, right, are kind of getting the usage of that bore, right? They're both getting usage of that water. That becomes very significant. You have a chatzar on each side of this water cistern. So why should it be mutter? Why should it be usher? Okay, so here we go. If you had just a chatzar with a well right outside it, within three tfachim. There'd be no issue whatsoever. It'd be considered part of that chatzar. Okay, now, there is a gezerah derabanan to bring something from Rishus Hayachid to Rishus Hayachid. Aha. That we know. 
right? In other words, midah raisa, you're only also to bring Mershus HaRabin to Rishus HaYachid and vice versa. But to bring Mershus HaYachid to Rishus, so that is midah raisa. To bring Mershus HaYachid to Mershus HaYachid is okay. But to bring Mershus HaYachid is not okay with Aaron Erev, that's a Gezerah der Rabbanon. Okay, so now... Now, Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaYachid through Rishus HaRabim is going to be, um, first of all, if you're doing it through Rishus HaRabim terrestrially, you're walking through, so clearly that would be a problem. Because then you're going from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim to Rishus HaYachid. That's the Raisa. But even right up against each other, Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaYachid, without, a, without an Eruv, is going to be an Isra because you might get confused and go into a Rishus Arabim. You don't want to be moving from Rishus to Rishus. That's why we have Erevin in order to create Midir Abanan, one Rishus out of the whole thing. That's why you have to have, for example, the Erev Chatseros, right? Where you have the different Chatseros and you, okay, all right? So now, not only that, okay, but we also said that if you have two Chatseros, and this was one of the most esoteric concepts we were learning. If you have two chatseros that are open to each other, and one of them you can carry in, and the other one you cannot carry in. So again, even if you can carry in both, you would need to probably, and this is, remember when you and Andrew were living on the same sort of area, and then we were saying whether one Erev would be good enough for both of you, and can you make your, each, make your own Erev? So when, we, when you were each making your own Erev, you weren't allowed to go into each other's. You were only allowed to carry within your own chatser. Okay, taking it slow. But what we, turns out that if Andrew, remember, when Andrew couldn't carry in his Erev, it was open to your Chatzar, and just by Andrew not being able to carry in his Chatzar, you weren't allowed to carry in your own Chatzar. Because when two Chatzars are open to each other, one of them is Mutter, and the other one is Usser, then the Usser Chatzar sort of like infects the Mutter Chatzar, and by virtue of being juxtaposed to each other, there could be a case where, the, now this is only, if, you, if the Yasser Chatzar had a complete Erev, so then that would be one thing. In other words, if Andrew put an Erev around his Chatzar, and he could only go out through Barry's Chatzar, so it could be that even Andrew couldn't carry in his own Chatzar, even though he has an Erev. So we thought that was very complicated. Turns out, that was algebra. Now we're getting into calculus. Why? Because we're bringing in two more factors, okay? Because the case with you and Andrew initially was when you're both on the ground and you're both in a regular chatzer. And, and you were both using your chatzers very, very much. Okay, you're both using them uh, very regularly and, and they were both on the ground and they were opposing each other. Now, we're going to introduce two more issues and we're going to try to figure out what Rav and Shmuel's shita is as follows. One machlokis Rav and Shmuel had, had to do with what about airspace? So you brought up going across the Rishush Rabim. So there's a big machlokis Rav and Shmuel where their airspace, okay, is disputed area. In other words, if somebody can only access, so let's take our case over here. The case over here, just to draw it up, is two chatzeros, not with an opening to the well. No, no, no. Not a, not a doorway to the well. Two chatzeros with only a window to the well, okay? So the only access you're going to have to the well is you're going to throw a bucket with a string out the window, okay? So, the, so, so again, what happens here is like this. You can't carry from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaYachid without an Erev. This is a case where there was no Erev between Andrews and Barry's chatzeros that were on either side of the well, 
Okay? So now without the Arab, they can't carry. So why are we allowing them to have the water? Well, if Barry wasn't there, Andrew would be able to use the well. If Andrew wasn't there, Barry would be able to use the well. The only problem is that Barry and Andrew are both using the same well. And the question is, do they oser each other? In other words, how can they both have utility of that same water uh, when, when neither of them has an Eruv? That's the question. And the answer could be that the reason why is because they're only accessing the well through the airspace. And therefore, this shita is according to the opinion that accessing something through the airspace is not included in the Gezer of Chazal, such that if you carry from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaYachid on the ground, it's Asr, but in the air, it's Mutter, because that is an area that is exempt from the Gezer of Chazal of carrying. That is, now we're getting into calculus. So we're going to see how that fits, and there's going to be one more wrinkle, but I'll introduce it as it comes in the Gemara, okay? Fine. Right, so, so here we go. Now, Abaye, four lines down, is going to try to figure out who was the source of Rabbi Yehuda. Now, that's, a, that's just uh, another sort of like hiccup here because we already know that it says, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. That Rabbi Yehuda quoted Shmuel as his source, that he holds like Shmuel. That all you need is that you need a slight, a slight adjustment in order to drawing water. Um, but it's clear, it becomes clear later in the context of Gemara that Abaye was not aware that Rabbi Yehuda had quoted Shmuel in this context, and therefore Abaye is now searching for what the source of Rabbi Yehuda was, and in so doing, we find out even more about this esoteric concept as follows. Amalei Abaye le Rabbi Yosef. Haladu Rabbi Yehuda de Shmuel he. Okay, he says, so Abaye figured out on his own that Rabbi Yehuda's ruling that you have to use this slight adjustment in order to permit the Chatseros was uh, from the statement of Shmuel, the e ra the e de rav ha'amar ein adam oiser al chaveru derech avir. It couldn't have been rav because rav holds that a person can't restrict right his his uh, his fellow right that Andrew can't restrict Barry through the air. That would be mashma that you wouldn't need. According to rav, you wouldn't have needed a heck air at all. In other words, Shmuel's Shita, Amr Bihud Amr Shmuel, Shita acknowledges that there's going to be a Gezerah here, that we're going to lighten up the Gezerah because it's in order to, to, to have water, but we're also, there is a Gezerah that we have to contend with, which makes you need to have a plank extending from your Chatzar to the well, okay? But if it were Rav, you wouldn't need a plank at all, because there'd be no Isser at all, and the reason there'd be no Isser at all because, is because the only access is through your window to the water. And Rav holds that anything that's in the air is not subject to these gazeras de Rabbanon. Okay. So that's how Abaye figured out that Yehuda quoted Shmuel. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to say, okay. So Shmuel is the one that says that you need this hacker and that there's a gazera. But the question is, where did Shmuel learn this? Udishmuel mehecha. Udishmuel mehecha. So, okay. So then Rashi says, this is just, just interesting. Where did Shmuel hear it? Okay, so Elema Miha, if you say that it was from the following statement, Amar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel. Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, Gag HaSamuch Lirshus HaRabim, Tzarech Sulam Kavua Lehatiro. Okay, so this brings in another, another aspect here. Okay. Um, that we have a Gag. This was already, we learned over the weekend, as we said. What, well, let's set up the scenario. You have a two-story building, 
Okay? Now, the second story is smaller than the first story, such that the roof of the first story is like the balcony of the second story. We, we, you could visualize that, right? You're walking out of your, uh, you're walking out, let's say the master bedroom is on the second floor, and you walk on top of the roof of the first floor. Now, in those days, okay, in those days, it was very common for passerbys and the Rishisarabim to use the roof of someone else's uh, first floor of the Rishisayachid. They would throw their coat on there. They would throw their hats on there. They would, st- they would throw their banana peel on there. They, they would use that. That was considered part of the usage, uh, common usage. Now, that was in a case where the actual roof of the master bedroom was just a window and did not have a doorway turning it into a merpeset. Okay, why is that? Because if, and that's what it means, sarich sulam kavu'ala hatiro. Sulam kavu'ala hatiro means that you're in your house, right? So let's say, let's say the, the house is Andrew's house, okay? So in order to render it permissible, right? It's, it's amazing. Permissible to who? So, so, so you have to be, in order for Andrew to use the roof, his own roof, he needs to have a sulam there. Because it, a sulam just really means that he actually has an opening from his bedroom into the roof. So when the people outside see that Andrew has an opening from the bedroom into his roof, so then they know that means that Andrew's using that area, like Emir Peset, very regularly. And this is what I call inequality of usage, which we're going to get to, which is as follows. If something is used very much, and that abuts something that's not used very much, that's going to also create a barrier. So in other words, in other words, if you have, again, two Rishus HaYachids next to each other, both used very much, both on the ground, and this is, this is going to actually lay the groundwork, as it were, for the rest of the stuff. Okay, so you have two areas, both used very much, both on the ground. They, both, they can't carry from one to each other, that's a Gzeera Durabanan. But there are two things that could create a barrier between the two of them. Now again, if they're open to each other completely, then, then, then the fact that they have a shared common area that they can't, that they both have, pro- that they, that they can't share, is going to make both of them also to carry within their own areas. Because the one area can usher the other area, right? An usher area open to an even mutter area can usher it. Okay. Now, there's two things that can make a- Andrew and Barry both be able to carry in the area. Number one would be if the only way they have this common shared area is through the air. And you hold like Rav that the air space usage doesn't count. So then having this shared space between them as is the very first case that we mentioned, this well, where you can only share it through the window, that would be mutter for Andrew and Barry each to access it from their own respective windows, because this usage through the air is not, is not going to, is not part of the Gezerah Chazal. That's one way. Another way is, if the usage is in, unequal. So for example, you have in this case, where you have, let's say, Andrew uses his merpeset very, very often, right? And, and his balcony. And therefore, that is a very, very common usage. But the people on the ground, they're just around, they use, because they see the fixed ladder, uh, going from Andrew's house, his master bedroom, onto his porch, they're not going to use his, his area. So even though technically, in those days, according to their culture, 
the area of Andrew's Mirpeset was one that was used both by people in Rishus HaRabim and by himself in the Rishus HaYachid, right? So you would think that that would answer Andrew from being able to use it. So if he doesn't have a ladder, so then the people outside use it just as much as he does, and therefore he would not be able to use it. But if he has a ladder, that creates a usage inequality where he uses it so often that people lay off of it. And therefore, that creates like a theoretical barrier. That's why this is calculus to, to the algebra we were learning before. By the fact that we see that one, one, um, uh, right, one party really uses it as a ton and the other party is sort of like backing off, that creates almost like an invisible barrier such that Andrew can use his own rare pesset even if he doesn't have a machitza there because the usage creates uh, an attachment, so to speak, to him, and almost like an invisible barrier of unequal usage. This is very esoteric stuff. Because what's going to happen now is we're going to say these cases, the case of the Gog is confusing. Because we say that if Andrew puts a ladder there, he can use his Mirpeset. So the question is, can he use his Mirpeset because of the fact that this thing is up in the air? Or can he use, or the, the reason why we're allowing him to use it is because he, of the inequality of usage, which also could create, right, his own, his own area. So let's see. So the Gemara first tries to say that Shmuel says that you need a Tzarek Sulam le, le, right, lehatiro, that, that if you, right, Shmuel's ruling is gonna say that you, that you can restrict by air, because if you couldn't restrict by air, you wouldn't have to put the ladder. But the Gemara says, no, Dilma Karaf Papa. Maybe Rav Nachman's ruling is going to be like Rav Papa, right, which is going to be for a different reason that is going to be the reason of the inequality of usage, as we're going to see. El Okay, so let's see. So maybe the statement of Yehuda, now the Gemara is going to do another uh, unusual thing, which is that it's going to quote what we just said, right, because apparently, this is where Rashi says, apparently Abayu was unaware that Rav Yehuda had learned it from Shmuel as follows. El Rav Yehuda learned this idea that you need to have going back to the board needing to come out of the, of the window into the well. This is our case already, okay? This is bringing out a, a plank and filling with water. The reason that the Chatseros could draw the water is because they put out these planks, and had they not put out the planks, so this is what we said before. We said that this goes according to Shmuel because Shmuel holds that airspace is still the area where Chazal do make restrictions. Okay. Now, so now let's go and dig in into this idea of can, are we restricted or are we not restricted in airspace? What is the source? As follows. Remember, Rav holds that anything that's in the air is is not subject to Gezeros Chazal. So, where do we learn this? So, Ilei Mamiha. Maybe you learned it from the following Mishnah. Venice. Two balconies extend over a body of water, one above the other. So, if you recall, the image we sent out yesterday, last night, is basically you had What's going on here? So, you have... Two balconies in Venice. Um, uh, people, a lot of people in Baltimore don't know, but for about seven years, Andrew and Barry both shared an apartment building in uh, Venice, and they each had balconies. Now, in those days, they would draw the water from the actual canals below on Shabbos. 
in order to draw water on Shabbos, they would have to make a hole in the balcony floor, a square hole in the balcony floor, and make what looks like, if you see the image I said you, it looks like a fish tank, like a square fish tank extending downwards from that hole, okay? And that created good achis by the extension of the walls. This is all learned over the weekend. Down into the ground, down into the water, that created its own rishus, extending into the water, allowing us to draw water from the canal. This harkens back to where we were talking about the, the Pase Biras and all the different shtick that Chazal allowed us for the purpose of drawing water. We would create some sort of mechitzos in order to draw water. The problem was like this. Barry had the balcony slightly above and also horizontally to the side of Andrew. And Barry was conscientious and he built this fish tank kind of enclosure thing in order to enable him to draw the water without problem on Shabbos. Okay. Andrew, on the other hand, was very busy. He was doing, I don't know what. And he was, and he was, and his area, his lower balcony had the hole that he always had in order to get the water, but he didn't make the, he didn't make this fish tank apparatus. So he was not allowed to draw the water such that the only way Andrew can draw water now is if he borrows Barry's uh, fish uh, fish tank apparatus. Now, he's not going to go to Barry's house to get it. He's going to throw a bucket. When Barry accesses the water, he just does what we call shilshul over Shabbos, which is he just lowers the bucket down into the water. Everything's cool. Andrew, on the other hand, by virtue of his, of his balcony being lower, has to throw the bucket over the, the ledge, of, or, or over from his balcony, over Barry's balcony, and then down into the water through Barry's mechitza, and then draw it, draw it that way. That's called zrika and shilshul. The reason that's significant is because here we end up having, having not only the, um, the airspace, right, between them, but also the inequality of usage, as we'll see. Because really, Barry's straight down getting the water is a, is a much easier way of get, accessing the water than Andrew's throwing it up through the hole and through and then and then down. So Shilshul versus Zrika and Shilshul. That's how the Gemara explains it. So it could be that th- that affects the Laka. So we'll see. So there's so much here, right? So again, so the case here it says Rav, where did he learn it from? That case in Venice, all those years ago, when Barry and Andrew had their their merpeset. So, what they do? As described, Barry made that fish tank type apparatus mechitza for his merpeset, but Andrew did not make one for his. So the halacha there is that the she, the first shita is that neither right that you can't get water, you can't draw water into either balcony, right? Barry can't even do it either. Why, why not? He has his own mechitza. Amazing. He can't draw un- until he makes a joint Erev. The Amaravun Amarav, lo shanu ela besmucha. Right? That that's only when the two, the two merpesets are, t- are together, are, are juxtaposed. So what happened here? Unbelievable. Barry, this is what we were saying before, Barry, your merpeset, when it's right up against Andrew's, Andrew's delinquency in making his mechitza, and thus, the isser that he has, right, to not draw the water affects you, Barry. You were conscientious, but it doesn't matter. 
because you're up against Andrew's mechitza, you're up against, rather, Andrew's balcony, and therefore neither of you can create, can actually draw the water. That's, that's, that's the chumrah of one, right, open area affecting the other. As we said, okay, but if Andrew and Barry are thankfully separated by at least four tzvachim, then Barry, who actually made his mechitza, well, he can draw water. And Andrew cannot. But at least Andrew doesn't affect Barry. Okay? So the fact that Andrew could affect Barry in the case where they are somewhat contiguous, albeit Barry is on the second floor and Andrew's on the first floor. But as long as they're horizontally matching up, Andrew's going to usher Barry. Says the Gemara, that's Rav's Source, right? That's Rav's source for saying uh, that that makes it. Wait, that that's that uh, suggests, okay, that the avir is in fact connecting them. Wow, that that suggests that the avir is in fact connecting there. But wait, Rav holds that you can't restrict by the air. So what's going on here? So the point is that it separates them, but the air, but it doesn't. Aser the Ilyona when they're not connected because they're only connected by the Avir. Right. In other words, when they were opposed right next to each other, and they, right, right. So when they were right next to each other, vertical is not considered a problem. Vertical is not considered Avir because vertical is actually, like, right, we say good Achis, good Asik. Those are, those are considered next to each other. But when they are, once they are a little bit separated, just fourth Fachim, because the Isser doesn't travel through the air, that is why Barry would still be able to use his Mirpeset and Andrew would not be able to use his. So they bring this as a Raya Farav that it doesn't travel the four Tvachim uh, uh, of airspace. Wow. But then the Gemara rejects that as a source. Why? Because it's going to say that it's going to be the inequality of usage. Watch this. Dilma Shiny Hacha. Maybe the case in Venice is different. The Kevin de la Zeb is Rikavi Shilshul. Since Andrew has to throw the bucket up and then lower it down. And Barry has to, all he has to do is conveniently lower his bucket. This would be similar to the case we learned over the weekend where one only, one, one has to throw it and the other one has a patent opening. That particular case, without getting into every detail of it, basically boiled down to right, this inequality of usage, that inequality of accessibility, right? When you have to throw it, it's different than when you have an actual opening. It would be similar to, let's say, uh, in our first case that we that we mentioned, where you have the the well in the middle. So if Andrew had to go through the window, but Barry had a doorway that that would able to access it, so then that would be called inequality of usage, and therefore inequality of usage in itself creates, like we said, an invisible barrier such that one does not affect the other. So similarly, in this case of the balconies of Venice, that the inequality of usage uh, creates a barrier, and therefore it is not because the Isser isn't traveling through the air necessarily that Barry is not affected by Andrew's delinquency. It could be simply because Barry and Andrew have different inequality of accessibility or inequality of usage, and that in itself creates a barrier as well. Wow. Whew, Elamiha. Okay, so what's the source of Rav that the airspace doesn't usher? How about from this? The Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabba Barabu, Amar Rav, Shtei Batim Veshalosh Churvas Beinehem. The last case that we're going to discuss here 
uh, before we get to the Mishnah on Amad Beis, and then we'll be out of this particular topic, we have the following. Two houses. Guess who lives in the two houses? All right. House A is Andrew, and house B is Barry. See how, how that works? Okay. So you have house A, Andrew's house, and house B, Barry, and three. Not one, not two, but three ruins between them. This, we're gonna, why, why ruins? We're going to discuss. How does this work? Let's see. Okay, so, so we're going to call it, um, we're going to call it house A and ruin A, which is right up against house A. And then we're going to say house B on the other side and ruin B, okay, which is right up against ruin, uh, house B. And then there's going to be the, what we'll call the middle, the middle ruin between ruin A and ruin B. So, Andrew can use house A. He could throw all his banana peels into ruin A. And Barry's in house B. He can throw all the banana peels he wants into ruin B. They don't, and amazingly, right, what is going on here? They don't oscar each other, right? Somehow, they don't oscar each other. In other words, if we had had just one ruin between them, we already had this case, by the way. We had the case of two chatzas with one ruin between them only, where they each had access to the ruin. We said if they didn't make an Eruv, they could, they could oser each other. So now the issue is, why is it that they don't oser each other with the three ruins between them? Meaning, the ruin is completely patent. It's more than ten amos of, like, gap. So this is a real opening between each ruin. So you're seeing this airspace between each ruin, and therefore, typically you would think that you would need to make an Eruv here between Barry's and Andrew's house in order to be able to use the ruins in, right, the adjacent ruins at all. That whole area should be usher without an Erev. So why is that area not usher without an Erev? Now, again, just to uh, refine the case, in these cases, Andrew and Barry do not have doorways to these ruins. They can only access the ruins by the windows. So I'll say it outside real quick first, then we'll read it inside. You could already see where this might, you might already see where this is going. The Hava Amina could be that the reason why Andrew and Barry can use their adjacent ruins is because they can only access them through the window and the airspace is putter area. And thus it would be a source for Rav, right? What might end up being the answer, however, is that for Andrew, the most adjacent ruin is only really usable to him because he doesn't have such a great of an arm, let's be honest. And therefore he wouldn't be able to throw it all the way across to the ruin adjacent to Barry's house. And really vice versa. And therefore, there's an inequality of accessibility as well. So we see these two things juxtaposed, mixed together again, where they're both only used through the air, but there's also an inequality of usage. And so we're trying to separate out is the reason why this halacha is that allows Barry to use the, and, and Andrew to use the respective ruins adjacent to them. Is it because it's only accessible through the airspace, and we don't make these good airs through the airspace, or is it because the inequality of usage as discussed? So let's see it inside now. Okay. So, right? I'm sorry. Andrew and Barry each can use only the ruin adjacent to them by throwing their banana peels in there. Okay, so each one could do it. So as we turn to pay and Bays at 6.09 a.m., but you see the middle rune, in fact, is Asr for both of them to carry, right? Because that's the typical Xero Durbanan. Normally, you, the, if you had just the Imtai, it would be, in fact, Asr. 
So the question is, why are the ones in the extreme mutter? So the Gemara is going to say, maybe that's because of Rav's air, airspace shita, that it's mutter in the air. Let's see. Yasiv Rav Braina. Rav Braina was sitting and, and say, holding court in the base Medrash and talking about this halacha of Rav. There come our lahashmaita, and he was saying this idea. Amalei Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar said to him in astonishment, Barbe Rav, Amar Rav, Hachi. He said, hey, student of Rav, did Rav really say this? Amalei in. So Rabbi said, yeah, of course he did. So we had already seen this. Indignant. Rabbi Lazar says, incredulous. Take me to his quarters. Show me where he lives. I want to speak to Rav personally and have him say it to my face. Achvelei, so Rebbeinah brings Rabbi Lazar to Rav. And also, look at me to Rav. Rabbi Lazar confronts Rav. Amalei, Amar Mar, Hachi, Rav. Did you really say this? Did you really say that, that the middle ruin is Usr, but the two ruins adjacent to Barry and Andrew's house, respectively, are in fact Mutter? How does that work? So Amalei, Rav, in. Yes, that's in fact the halacha. So Amalei, Vahamar, Huda Amar. But Rabbi Lazar was incredulous. He said, but weren't you, Rav, in fact, the one who said, Didn't you say, right? Uh, that was a different case, right? We talked about before Zrika versus a, a total uh, Pesach, right? So Zrika versus a Pesach was enough of an inequality to create a, a, a invisible barrier. But this is another little wrinkle that we learned over the weekend that if the only difference between one Rishus and the other is that one Rishus can use the lowering down of Shilshul and the other one can, ha- can access only by Zrika, even though those are two different ways of accessing it, the difference between Shilshul and Zrika is not enough to create this enough of an inequality and therefore it doesn't create a barrier. And both Chatseris would be, would be Asr. Okay. So Rav explains, no, 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 no. He, let, let me explain to you. Mikasavar de Kaimi Kishura. Did you think that the case where I was talking about was where you had literally three houses next to each other in a row? Do you know that since I moved to 6106 Rusk Avenue, the house on either side of me came up for sale within the last year? Uh, one of them is still up for grabs, you guys. Between, you can live between the Lavies and Rabbi Gross. That's, that's not, not pushing. But I did, we, but one of them, uh, Bobby bought. Anyway, it's a whole thing. If you, if you buy all three, then it's like Monopoly. You're allowed to build the hotels. Anyways. So, but I'm not going to buy the third one. Um, anyway, so the answer is low. Why am I saying that? Because if you had bought three houses in a row, right, it would be like three, um, three ruins, right, three chorvas lined up right next to each other. Says Rav, low, that wasn't the configuration. Enochinami, if that was the configuration, then, then the middle one would be Usr, and by virtue of being Usr, it would Usr the two on the other side, and Andrew and Barry would not be able to use those respective ruins. But rather, the Kaimi Kachatsuva, right? I'm talking about when the ruins are positioned like a three feet of a tripod, a rare situation here, where we have the diagram in the what? In the text of the Vilna Shas itself. You're looking in the Gemara? So it doesn't matter which Gemara you have, so instead of the three chorvas being one next to each other, you have the one big usher chorva extending all the way from Barry's house to Andrew's house. You see that? The one on the left. That's the third chorva. That's the one that's usher. And the other two are mutter. Because the issue is, the one that's usher could in theory usher 
the ones next to it if it were in the middle. But here, this enables Barry and Andrew to use the ones on the sides because those don't usher each other. But the question is why? The middle one is usher, but the other two aren't going to usher each other. And why? Because of the avir. Because of the avir. In other words, what he's explaining to them is that the avir space is the only accessibility in the in those two areas. So amazingly, you kind of put the things together because Andrew can't reach Bar- the Churva up against Barry. Barry can't reach the Churva up against Andrew. And the two are only accessible by way of airspace. And therefore, they can use those two Churvas that are adjacent to them. However, the Churva that kind of spans all the way between them, because it's equally accessible to both of them, that Churva is going to be Usr. Wow. Whew. So now let's see Shmuel, he says that airspace is usher. So we're going to find a source now. We found a source for Rav. We'll find a source now for Shmuel. We have to say that if Shmuel holds that airspace is usher, that he disagrees with Rav Dimi. What did Rav Dimi say? The Chiyasa Rav Dimi. Remember, Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel and started saying all kinds of stuff from Yochanan. So he said as follows. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rav Dimi said in the name of the great giant Tamachacham uh, of Eretz Yisrael, Rav Yochanan, the following. Malcolm she'ein bo arba al arba, an area which doesn't have four by four tefachim, but it's between Rishus Rabim and Rishus Yachid. We've already discussed this in Shabbos, right? We said that's called a makom p'tur, a makom p'tur. Amazingly, right? If, as we said, right, if you have a platform in the middle of Rishus Rabim, it has four tefachim by four tefachim, and it's more than ten tefachim high, that's going to be considered Rishus Ha Yachid, and you can't put stuff on it. However, if it's less than ten tefachim. Obviously, it has to be more than Andrew's three tfachim of Lavud. But if it's more than three tfachim and less than ten tfachim and less than four by four tfachim high, it's called a makom p'tur. You could put something from the Rishus Rabim there. You could put something from Rishus Yachid there. It's a makom p'tur. Okay. Makom she'ed bar ba'al ba'a. levnei Rishus HaRabim levnei Rishus HaYachid l'katef alav. To just hang stuff on it. Uvilvad shelo yachlifu. What they don't want to do is to start getting smart and using that area as a portal, so to speak, between the Rishus HaYachid and the Rishus HaRabim, because obviously that's the, that's the Malachad HaRaisa, and that you cannot do. That's literally Hotzah, okay? Now, this airspace implies that air is mutter, because we're allowing them, right, to pass it along onto, right, onto this, onto this post. So, interesting. That's why it's considered a Rishus ha. That's why, that's why it's going to be considered a Makom Ptur, because it's above the 10th Fachim area of the Rishus HaRabim. So Shmuel, who holds that airspace is Asr, isn't going to consider it a Makom Ptur above the 10th Fachim. So, so, the, so the question is, why is it Mutter in that area? Is that because Rabbi Yochanan doesn't have a Shmuel? So the answer is no. It's Mutter for a different reason, because Hasim Rishus Raisa, because the consequence of not following those rules would be a actual Hotzah de Raisa, as we mentioned, from Rishus HaRabim, literally, to Rishus HaYachad, literally, in those cases where you have a consequence of de Raisa, Chazal did not need to make the same level of Gezerah because they trusted people to be careful about de Raisas. So Hasim Rishus de Raisa, Hacha Rishus de But here when we're talking about the, the water in the pit in our original case, we're talking about Rishus de Rabbanon, the Chachamim Asu Chizuk Ladivrayim Yaiser Mishal Torah. There it is. That when it came to the water cistern, they had to make a gazera, right? And there you'd be subject to Machokis, Rav, and Shmuel, because there you would need to, let's say, make a heker, because we're very concerned, according to Shmuel, you'd make the heker, as we recalled, you put down the plank, because we're concerned that you're going to be over the Durabanans. 
But when it came to that, right, to that platform in the middle of Rishus HaRabim, that's a legitimate Rishus HaRabim up against the potential actual Rishus HaYachid. That's the Gezeira, that's the actual Isra Daraisa. For that, we do not need to make a Gezeira, right? Even though typically we know that we want to protect the Daraisas, but there were certain cases where the whole thing was Darabanan, we had to create more checks and balances so that people would not be lax with the Darabanans. Whereas with the Daraisas, we were able to not have to make so, so many restrictions because people were aware and thus more careful. Okay. Now, but now we're going to challenge this idea. Maybe Rav doesn't, is, does Rav, maybe not, Rav does not matter the air. Amar le Ravina le Rava, mi Amar Rav Hachi, did Rav say that the air is motiv ra'itma shtei bati mishnei tzidei rishus ha'rabim? Remember when we talked about two houses on opposite sides of rishus ha'rabim, so this is the case that Barry was mentioning, that you have two rishus ha'yachid on opposite sides of a legitimate rishus ha'rabim. Rabba bar Ravuna Amar Rav, also luzeruk mizel azeh. He literally said, it's usher that, according to Rav, it's usher to throw from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaYachid across Rishus HaRabim. Ushmuel Amar, Mutter Lezrok Mizem Zeh. And ironically, it was there Shmuel who said that you are allowed to throw. Well, that flies in the face, pun intended, of the idea that Shmuel Asr's airspace and Rav does not. Because here, Rav Asr's it and Shmuel Matur's it. So what gives? So the Rav responds as follows. Amar Lei, Lav I've already said what the Ukimna is. That one house is tall and one house is low. Ah, we have a different idea altogether. A different idea. That by Rav, that, that we're concerned. That even though Rav usually allows airspace, the issue here is you're playing with fire. You're playing with Rishisa Yachid and Rishisa Rabim. It's Rim Raisa. Okay, so the reason why Rav asks it is not because he's concerned about the airspace. No, he's concerned that Andrew's arm is weak and therefore he's going to he's going to make a poor throw and he's going to miss his target and he's going to end up throwing from his Rishus HaYachid into an actual Rishus HaRabim. That's Hosah Daraisa. That's why Rav is concerned. And Shmuel, why did he allow it? Because Shmuel thinks that we don't need to caution Andrew so much in this case because after all, he knows that he's throwing it across and he doesn't need the caution in a case of Daraisa. He would only need the caution if it was a case of Darabanan. So the machlokas here, Rav Shmuel, is really more machlokas of whether we're concerned of Hatzah. It has nothing to do with the way we view airspace in cases of Isser Darabanan. And we could have said that right away, that right away we see that this is a problem, a potential problem Daraisa. And by, and that changes the math significantly such that their shitos could be switched in a case of Daraisa. It becomes not an issue whether they hold the airspace, if, uh, it has a gazera dobanan. It's just simply how concerned are you in a case of Daraisa, where Shmuel is less concerned and Rav is more concerned. Fine. So we've arrived at the Mishnah in the middle of Peham and Bays, and we'll read a little more. We have a few more minutes. Totally, totally, totally different topic. The topic now is where are we placing our Erev? Back to Erev Chatzeros and Shitufei Mavos. The box of matzahs. Where are we going to put the box of matzahs? So, what do you mean, where do you put it? So the answer is, you put it in one of the residents. Good. But we had already learned in Erevin that there are certain residences that aren't considered part of the Erev. That are considered like sub-residents. And therefore, if, it's, if you put the box of matzahs there, is the Erev still valid? Let's see. So you see, you have your gatehouse, you have your portico, you have your merpeset. 
Eino Erev. So the Erev is not going to be valid for anyone because those are not what? Residential areas. So what you've learned in this Mishnah already is the Erev, the box of matzahs has to be put in one of the residential areas. So how can you put it in Aguda Park Heights? Does anybody live there? Somebody would have to live there. The Hadarsham. Now if, and now, in addition, if somebody lives in one of those areas, Eino Oyser Alav. Let's say somebody lives in one of those areas and does not participate in the consortium of the Erev. He's not ossering anybody else because he's not even considered part of the area because those are not residential areas. However, right, a straw shed, Tevin, the barn, the woodshed, the base of Eitzim, or the regular storehouse, base of that is a valid Erev if you put it there. So those areas are considered, assuming one lives there, right, somebody's living in the barn. Putting the box of matzahs in the barn makes is a valid way of making this erev chatzeros. And somebody who lives there and he does not want to participate in the erev, he could ruin the whole erev. If the owner, right, has a still has rights, let's say, of using, let's say, the barn, so he's still using the barn. He keeps his shovels there, etc. Eina oser. Then he does not restrict the chatzer. Because the entire chatzir is considered to um, belong to the Balabas. So again, if somebody lives in Andrew's barn, so then if he doesn't want, so that's considered residential enough that if he doesn't want to join the uh, Erev, he could ruin the Erev. But that's only if Andrew has, is part of their lease agreement is that Andrew can't use the barn. But if Andrew could you actually still use the barn, so then it's okay. It's okay to, it's okay because Andrew doesn't need that person's reshus because he has enough Right, rights to usage of that barn, Andrew does, that the tenant's opinion doesn't matter. Okay? So, we're just going to read the first couple of lines. Amri Yehuda of the Gemara, Amri Yehuda, Breda of Shmuel, Bar Shilas, Kol Malkam, Shamru Hadar, Shamein Oser, Hanois and Eseruva, Eino Erev, Chutz Me Beis Shar, the Yachid, Kol Malkam, Shamru Chachamim, Eino Nichin Ba Erev, Nichin Ba Chutz Me Avir Mavoy. So, we're going to start with this tomorrow. Right, where we're going to talk about the two different locations that restrict in both directions. That that where that in the situation are these are the two exceptions to this rule of where a person is included in the Arab as far as being a resident of the Arab, as well as as far as being uh, counted as one of the potential locations for the box of matzahs to establish the Arab chatzeros. Oh,